Hello and welcome to the Topical City podcast, the podcast that comes out so little. Uh, Richard's forgotten how to use a microphone uh, in the in the interim. Uh, I'm joined by the usual prospects. <laughs> We've got uh, good old Jimmy Thursday and Richard. How are you going, guys? Good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, Richard? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, there we oh. go. We've got it working. Thank Christ. Jesus. Uh, it's oh, the bring night him up. It's too soon. <laughs> it's the night before Harland. Uh, we'll sure we'll get into it much later. This is basically a roundup pod because uh, it's been almost th- uh, over three months since the last one was uploaded. Uh, so uh, we'll all do a quick cheer for winning the league. Yay! Yay! Yay. City! 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 Oh, okay. Uh, and with that out of the way, I think let's let's go into the, the fun news. Uh, then we'll start with transfers, shall we? If there's no objections, no. Let's start off positive before negative. Um, um, then we'll start with the ins. Well, I thought yes. the positives would be one of the outs. Okay, carry on. So we'll start with the <laughs> ins. Uh, we'll start. We'll start with probably the most surprising one um, out of all of them. Uh, I don't think anybody expected us to sign him. Uh, Stefan Ortega? <laughs> was it Frankfurt or, or something like that? I can't even remember where he came It was Armenia Bielefeld, Armenia Bielefeld of Bundesliga 2. So you know that we've signed one of the true greats to uh, compete with Edison here. And Have you watched me. any uh, Ortega save compilations or anything on, on YouTube? I've seen very little besides from the fact that he said that he wants to compete with Edison for the number one spot at City. So already he's come in and he's not content with just playing the occasional Carabao Cup game and then every FA Cup game until the final or semi-final, judging off the last few seasons. I don't see somebody coming in and going, yeah, man, sit on my ass and <laughs> Scott not worry about <laughs> Pretty sure that's what Scott Carson said. Did you, did you say he come from the second division of Germany? I thought he's like got the best stats or some safe stats in the Bundesliga. Maybe he now. did, but or maybe that team's very recently been relegated. Then, but it's worth checking right. it out because yeah, I they got relegated research. this season. They got relegated <laughs> right. this season. Uh, I don't even know Courtesy how much see of Stefan Ortega. Oh. <laughs> oh, great. We've we've signed a keeper that got relegated. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, personally, I, I don't. I, all I can assume is Zach Stefan wanted more minutes, so we had to go out and get a keeper. Oh, they weren't happy with Zach Stefan. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this, Cameron. Um, it's a pity that you chose to start with Stefan Ortega since we were going to be positive, because the negative thing for you is that you really liked Zach Stefan and on the last podcast really went to town on everybody bad mouthing him for <laughs> essentially costing us the FA Cup final against Liverpool. Do you think the maybe Pep when get me Stefan and he meant like get Zach Stefan to my office and they went out and bought Stefan Ortega? But <laughs> is that yeah. the issue? He's lost in translation. Uh, I think if it's that Stefan wants more minutes, I completely get it. And and uh, I mean, he's better than Middlesbrough. I don't know why he's got a fucking Middlesbrough of all places. Uh, You'd have thought he'd yeah, got that. a Prem move, wouldn't you? He could have got a Prem move very easily. Uh, or, or again, back to the Bundesliga or something. 
is it a loan move or is it yeah, a, it's a, yeah. a loan right a so that's that's city then choosing not to because apparently Liam Delap's very similar in that in the Southampton wanted him but city wanted him to go to a championship club so it's not um going to affect us directly if it's to do with minutes I'm fine with it if it's scapegoating him for last season I'm I'm a bit upset about it so I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they just wanted to play some minutes to see if he's actually worth keeping around as a as a backup. But I don't know. We'll see how Ortega is. We'll only see him in cup games anyway. So it's basically a nothing transfer, and it it's not going to amount to anything. Move. I'm sure we've discussed it before because we have weirdly done some pods since January. We'll move on to <laughs> Julian Alvarez. Um, I've seen some people saying they're more excited for Alvarez than uh, somebody else that we've signed. Uh, wh- what do you guys think of Julian? He's unknown, isn't it? It's that exciting random transfer that we used to get all the time before we became the club we are and we didn't sign a random up in the second division in Spanish, in Spain even. Um, and also like the era of like FIFA and football manager, you know, all the, the wonder kids knocking around and all this. So, the fact that we've just signed this pretty much randomer, it is quite exciting, isn't it? Are you comparing him to like Moses Ashikodi or Chern or Samba or something like that? Eddie Adu, I think, is the one. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for him. Um, I do get the feeling play more on the wing than he would through the middle. I don't know about you guys. I mean, that gave him a lot more game time, wouldn't it, with Haaland coming? Because the big worry for this guy, only coming for about, what, like, was it 15 million? Is that he's essentially going to be playing the Gabriel Jesus role as, like, the backup to Sergio Aguero. But I think we've all seen the clips of this guy online. He looks like the archetypal sort of pet player, quick, great technique, lethal in front of goal. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm not necessarily one of those people that's, more looking forward to seeing him than Haaland but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him and I think that hopefully he does get a lot of game time because what little I've seen of him he looks really exciting Does it feel a bit like when Torres came in? Um, Yes but I didn't I thought that Torres was coming in as a backup definitely and I think that looking at Alvarez it looks like there's a bit more to him but maybe I'm wrong what do you think Jim? I think, firstly, he's a bit older than Torres, right? Torres was, what, 20? He's 21. Yeah, he's not much older if he is. Um, I think the other thing that we need to consider is there's five subs next year. So, is Harlan going to play 90 minutes every game? But even if he doesn't, we've just sold two forwards. So, yeah, so he's going to so, get a lot more minutes than, you, than he probably would have expected he'd get. Exactly. Even if he was the backup for Harland, he could probably get 20 minutes a game every game, and which I know isn't a lot. But then you start all the cup games, you start against bottom of the league and kind of work your way up that way. They could ease him in that way. And it, in theory, if everything goes to plan, Arlen comes in, bags a couple early doors, we're winning the game, take him off. Alvarez gets on with no pressure. It might be a nice way to bring him into it. And if you've seen him playing on the wing a little bit more, really, he's got to be third choice on either wing. Because you've got Mares and Palmer now, supposedly on the right. You've got Foden and Grealish on the left. Is he going to play change the our formation though? Could we change our well, formation up a little bit? We'll get onto formation changes maybe a little bit later. We'll come okay. back to that. Put a pin in it. Um, 
what a next transfer was somebody who I've seen described as the best bit of business we've done by quite a few people um, is Calvin Phillips coming in from Leeds. Um, while I don't think he's going to be a staple in the first team, I think he is a really good squad signing. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he looks the shit for both Leeds and England, right? Maybe not Leeds last season, but he was injured for a lot of last season. But whenever he's come in, I mean, who did he keep out of the England side? Was it Jordan Henderson that he yeah. came in and paired up nice with um, Rice in the middle there? But he looks great. Um, a brilliant Fernandinho replacement. But I kind of think that he'll probably become more of a replacement for Gundogan in the long term with him only having one deal on his contract left, maybe. So while we might not see a lot of him this season with Rodri signing a new contract, I think that this is definitely more of one of them long-term signings in the the next years beyond this next season, we'll start to see him feature a lot more heavily. I kind of think the opposite. And I think Rodri might get moulded to be like a Gundo replacement. And then Phillips takes Rodri's spot because... Yeah. We we know how slow Rodri is, and I know who I'd mm. rather have standing in front of the defence with Rodri splitting defences open with pinpoint passes. He's got the um, technique for it, hasn't he? Yeah, so I, I would prefer to see that. Um, That's a good shout. It would get Rodri a bit more further forward for them Thunder Bastards as well, wouldn't it? Exactly, yeah. Probably both of them, though. You said we're not talking about formation, so I won't, but it, it could yes. be both of them in there. We'll get into it, yeah, because <laughs> well, that's my idea as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I honestly think I can't, he's, it's a very exciting signing. Um, and I don't, I, I, again, I think it just proves that we've got the best midfield in the league again. Because <laughs> it's, it's, how do you have Calvin Phillips's depth? Do you know what I mean? Like he's. He fills a. Um... A characteristic type, doesn't it? In that, if we if we kind of take roles out of it, if you think to certain games of last season, and this is testing my memory already, but the one that springs to mind is the Atletico game where you wanted a couple of bastards in there, and I seem to recall us bringing Ake on, who was just like a bit rough and tumble, and Fernandinho as well. Yeah, yeah, Robbie I think that was the Ake turnaround game. What yeah. it, where, where yeah, it was, was like, oh, yeah. he's great. Yeah. But like Rodrick can do that at times and he can be a bit of a dick when he wants our Arsenal. Um but the the characteristics that Phillips brings is what they have lost with Fernandino to a certain extent, that robustness, that like loves a tackle, the energy. Um I think I think he's he's filled a spot that we needed to fill. So rather than it being a position, it's a type of player. Yeah, I've been agreement with you. I think it's the second best bit of business we've done. Uh, we've skirted the issue long enough. Let's go Does on that to the best. lead you on to the best bit of business, the best mate? Bit yeah. of business. <laughs> Great segue. Uh, we've uh, brought Alfie Harlan back into the fold uh, <laughs> to, to hang around the training conference a little bit. Uh, and he's luckily brought his son with him. Uh, we, for what, 18 months before he signed, have, have done nothing but wish and hope on the podcast that, that yeah. he turned up. He's finally here. Uh, and how, he much did he, how much tonight. did he cost though, mate? I'm, um, I've been hearing some mixed things. I think it was about two-thirds of a Darwin Nunes. 
<laughs> was it somewhere between 50 and 350 million depending oh, yeah. on when you add on Alfie's agent fees and, and all that sort of stuff as well yeah, yeah. there's also uh, that Sainsbury's shop that he did as well the price that yeah, that 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 as well <laughs> Yeah. Did you uh, see that article where they, they broke down what he had in his trolley and how much he'd spend? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Really? <laughs> yeah, like they, they got the kettle and then they got the image of the kettle off the website and said, Twenty four ninety nine, and like built this full page article about it. I hope mind if it was like a mad expensive kettle, <laughs> like he'd bought a hundred and fifty pound kettle, <laughs> bought a Sainsbury's own brand kettle, and just like this is what he's doing. But I suppose that's how you know you've signed a superstar, isn't it? Like they're interested right down to the contents of the trolley. Yeah, uh, do you know, I remember they did it with Sterling about him buying batteries at Poundland. Like, yeah, I was going to say it's that, got Sterling at Poundland vibes to make. 275. It's less we're, we're interested in this new player and more Raheem Sterling's a disgrace to the country yeah. because he's got the money to buy Joracell instead of Poundland. <laughs> he might play tonight, Erlin. I believe he's he's actually been... It, they've said he starts in this friendly against... Fuck knows because I ain't staying up to watch. I don't know who we're playing. <laughs> but uh, I'll watch the highlights tomorrow. Uh, how excited are we that he's here now? I mean, I'm so excited. I've bought a season ticket for the first time since yeah. 2004 i want to say 2004 2005 so um i bought the new silver yeah, yes mate and i'm going as well uh i'm going the to the Bournemouth first game. game yeah i'm going to the Bournemouth yeah. game to see see his first game um but yeah i can't wait i can't see any way unless he gets injured touch wood that he doesn't just absolutely dominate this league you can't I just can't see it happening. It's the first huge, like, um, sort of Galactico signing that we've made in I don't know how many years Ever. now, right? Because you don't think that, like, maybe Tevez was up there with no. like on a, this a, level, a top two player in the world, sort of level, <clears throat> like next, next Messi v Ronaldo feud level. Sort of thing, like I don't think we've yeah, ever made fair enough. Yeah. Which uh, I don't know if you remember was I argued this in like one of the first ever debates we did on the podcast that we've never signed like a, a genuinely world class player at the time that they were world class, and we finally fucking done it. So I, I guess it feels I didn't know there was a new level for us, but it feels like maybe there is. Well, the new level was the season before when we bought Grealish, and that not for his stature, but for the price. Yeah, that was that was new ground for us, wasn't it? Yeah, spending that much, I suppose it, it didn't. It just didn't feel like this, though. No, no, hundred percent not. No, I mean the the only other player on my wish list that I can even think of now is Jude Bellingham, <laughs> which will probably cost around the same amount as Jack Grealish. Hold on, yeah. mate. You were t- saying that you wanted to sign Neymar the other day. Wait, was that? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was oh, one oh, of the very. Vehemently against starting there. <laughs> um, is, does anybody have anything they want to say about Haaland uh, before we, we move on? Because I'm sure we will talk about it more as we go on, but is there anything specific? I think we need to get in a line for this, don't we? Surely there's a, a fair bit of uh, content on this one. Go on, Richard, you go first. I just wanted to say that anybody who thinks that he can't play under Pep Guardiola or any opposition fan holding out hope that... I mean, The Athletic wrote a whole article on it, didn't they? 
that may be um, the case against signing Erling Haaland that maybe he won't be able to play under Pep Guardiola. But um, anybody who's seen even the highlights of his career, not just in Germany, but in Salzburg as well, can see that he's definitely got that. He can play under Pep. He's got the pace. He's got the strength. He's got everything. He's got the technique on the ball. So, you know, it's for me, it's just a complete 10 out of 10 signing. I genuinely don't see any downside to it. You know, the only thing Touchwood hopefully doesn't have sort of an injury fraught first season or anything, but I think he can only go from strength to strength. Did he even watch us last season? Half the time, 75% of the time, all we did was spam crosses. <laughs> so right. we've got somebody to go on the end of them now. <laughs> So we'll Take be, us back uh, to what season was that where we the never-ending crosses season? Was it the, there was the one that we didn't win anything in? Yeah. Um, oh, we won out. the League Cup. Yeah, and we've just endless crosses. And we'll get to that in the formation change as well. Um, but I can definitely see him taking full advantage of Bernardo, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Cancelo. Cancelo, 100% the new number think seven of, there, mate. Think of those balls that Cancelo just puts in at the back post. Yeah. And, and the bigger picture with, with all that as well is that I think Colin said it himself in one of the interviews that if two defenders want to mark me, brilliant, it, it frees up space for my teammates. So you could see people ghosting in at either post because they're shitting themselves over Harlan yeah. and how they deal with him. And even his, firstly, his stature, his presence alone will be like worrying to them. His record as well then will sort of play a part in it. See, even if they're not physically like intimidated by him, they'll go, fucking hell, this guy scores for fun. And then even like if they do kind of stand up to him, you've seen in the past that he loves that challenge. And he, he, he loves to be that dickhead. Yeah. That kind of, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. He was nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was one in this Norway-Sweden game where the guy was like saying like, your mum's a whore and like, I'm going to break your legs and then Holland's going to score and it's literally laughed in his face. Those ones are like the keeper saved penalty and it got retook and he scored it and then he's like laughing in the keeper's face and like proper shit house behaviour. I think I think there's so many factors to him that are, are gonna get in defenders' heads. And even if he, he is slow off the mark, he's gonna be a handful one way or another. That even if he's not putting the ball in the back of the net, you'd think it would provide space and opportunity for those around him. Um my only concern is I know we've got Alvarez, but he does very much feel like we've put all our eggs in the Haaland basket. And if he was to pick up something, then he was out for a couple of months and he's like, fuck, we've got rid of Sterling. Jesus, our wingers pretty much are that sort of industry and, and work rate. We're now relying on either the false nine again or Alvarez, who's come off the back of a full season, a Copper America, if I'm right, um, and straight into preseason, straight into season in the Premier League. He's basically not going to have a break for over a year with a World Cup in between that as well. And he's coming to a new country, he doesn't speak the language, new league, new teammates. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it, it's a little bit different when you had like, we had half the Argentina team and half the Brazil team and you brought another one in and it could sort of feel like home for them. But I'm just taking Zabala to America so he's got someone to talk to. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, pal, we've just won two league titles by putting Kevin De Bruyne up front. I'm honestly not that worried about it. Yeah, but that's um, without Sterling and Jesus now as well. 
I get what you mean, mate, but Sterling and Jesus weren't the best weren't false the nine alternatives yeah. in, in the first place. We had to come up with a whole false nine system because they didn't trust Gabriel Jesus up front. So I meant more in the squad rather than the false nine position. Yeah, yeah. I get I get what you're saying, but um and obviously only time will tell, but I d I don't think it'll be too much of a problem, hopefully. Yeah, that's that's me literally clutching at straws to try and find something. But imagine all I'd say is avoid city Twitter the day you get some injury. I mean, avoid the whole news industry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's uh, do some possible transfers that we've heard about coming in. I think the one everybody currently wants, even though I think the value is a bit steep. Uh, Mark Kukurea, uh is possibly coming in at left mm-hmm. back. I don't see him not doing, especially now. I don't see his letting Zinchenko go without somebody coming in. Um, Have you seen Brighton's valuation of him, though? Is it like 50, 50 million? Uh, yeah. Are we not past the days where we stopped getting gouged on fullbacks? What's like, Angelino doing? Do we have a buyback on him again? <laughs> or... What, so he can come back and not get played and get sold to Leipzig at the end of the season? Well, that's, isn't that what Cucurella will be doing, basically? Because you've got Cancelo, who's done nothing but shine at, at left at left back. I'd be pretty upset if we bought him and then Cancelo just basically never played left back again. Yeah, so, right. this is what's know, nuts. They should have played back at all. You know, I, I feel like everyone that I've heard talk about this thinks the same as me in that we should have kept Cancelo and Sinchenko left back and bought a backup right back. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would I agree with think that. that. Yeah, but did everyone but Pep thinks that? It is, isn't I mean, it so fair, weird that we've been, we've been saying for yeah that's true we've been saying for ages though how much we need a left back like year on year on year the last left back that we bought was you know he who <laughs> shall not be named and we lost two when we bought him so we've been one down forever and then like two down now so we've been asking for it for ages. We finally get like a, a legitimate, two legitimate left back options. Really, Chinchenko's been brilliant towards the end of the season. You know, like we're probably we're very likely going to let one go, and then, we, you know, when we could be strengthening another position, it, it's a little bit odd. But I suppose we didn't think that one of them would turn out to be possibly the best left back in the world. Mm-hmm. When we signed him, so, um, it's it's it seems like less of a problem now because obviously Kyle's getting on, uh, and yeah, I do think a backup right back, if not this season but next season, um, we do need it. But again, I I, I wouldn't mind getting Kukurea. I I don't want to spend the amount of money that they're saying we're going to spend because how how much do we get ribbed out for playing? Um, for paying fifty million for fullbacks as it is, do, do we want to add to that agenda again? You know what I mean? It's past so, the point. We paid hundred for Grealish, mate. We're the bad guys now. Nothing can change that. Oh and, yeah, we, we spend the money we have Barcelona to spend the money they might have. Yeah, I mean that's a podcast in itself, isn't it? But <laughs> the, the other argument is we paid fifty million back then. It's been how long's Walker been in? Four, five years, years, six. So if you if we're paying fifty million for a fullback again. That's like yeah. no no inflation in five or six years. Year. Amortise that fee, baby. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like the price of a fullback has we haven't paid more than what we did six years ago. You could argue that. Yeah, true. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think I do honestly think we'll get him. I think. Yeah, I don't it's think a far there's any way. Like, 
no way he'd let Zinchenko go without no. something it's, in the bag. It seems it seems that he's pretty keen to come. It seems that Brighton are willing to sell him if we meet the evaluation. And I don't think we'd have got this far if we weren't going to do it. I think just just quickly touching back on the right back thing again. With, with left back, you've got Ake and Laporte that can cover there as well. With right back, it was Fernandinho and Stones that were the even less so, you know, su- support and cover there. Obviously, Fernandinho's gone. So That'd unless he's team, game. yeah, so, so unless he's going to start playing Stones as backup, I suppose third choice right back, then can Phillips play there? I don't know. Yeah, well, if we do get um, Kukwe, you do have Cancelo as a backup right back as well, don't you? So, yeah, it's, but it's again, again, ideal. you're a can, you're a Cancelo injury away from yeah. bare bones at fullbacks, aren't you? Again, we seem a bit low in a couple of areas, to be honest, but not certainly not to the degree of the doom and gloom brigade on Twitter. No, no, not at all. That we've we've poorly done everything and we're nowhere near ready for the new season. A season which we will absolutely smash and I've got no no worries about it whatsoever. Uh, uh, all right, Kukurea off the agenda. Um, Just one last bit, be, sorry, yeah. sorry, Kukurea. Google a photo of him and imagine him with no hair. It's Pablo Zabalata. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so I love him already. Stick a headband on him. <laughs> um I can't be the only one who who just really hopes Neymar doesn't rock up he's, at the end. He's not. He's not. Pep said he's not. Is it today? Oh, Pep says a lot of things, James. So it's, it's fake news, you say? This one was pretty definitive. It was a declarative sten- sentence. It, there wasn't really much to interpret there. He even made the jibe that um, Manchester City is signing everybody, according to the media. So... Um, I think we can probably rule that one out now, although there are reports that PSG offered Neymar to City. In I think from some pretty... Bernardo Silva, of all players. Yeah, um, which, I mean, I think we all know how we all feel about that. that yeah, exactly. So it's not going to happen. I don't think it would have been the end, the end of the world, but it would have started to feel a little bit like a Real Madrid side and not a Manchester yeah. City side signing big name players with no real um, thoughts of how they were going to fit into the team, how they were going to make the dressing room feel, the wage structure, all of that kind of stuff that we really praise City for on the regular. So United for the last 10 years. Yeah. He would have probably, might, probably would have been our Pogba, let's face it. Yeah, It's... Um... I do wish Pogba was our Pogba, but um, it's, I don't know about you. It felt to me it it's a transfer that very clearly set down lines in the fan base. Of there was a, a subset of fans who maybe are a bit newer, who only know the success of the club, desperately wanted him in. Don't be going after Gen Z, mate. You're starting to sound a bit uh, like Ian Cheese, not, you? not not in a not in a derogatory way. I just found it interesting. That it seemed that it was all the the newer fans who know a lot of the success want Neymar in, and a lot of the older fans just really didn't. Is is what it seemed to. Be. I just thought it was an interesting note to make. I'm not saying either side's right or wrong, except I'm right and he shouldn't join the club. <laughs> are we the official of the older fans now? I mean, mate. You <laughs> <laughs> too are. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> all right. Well, I thought it was. It, he came out today and said it's probably not going to happen. 
but when I wrote this, uh, it was <laughs> almost nailed on to happen. <laughs> so I'm glad that it's calmed down. Uh, right, we'll get on to the bit that I'm excited to hear from James about. Uh, we've got uh, the transfers out. It's been maybe the biggest season in years for outgoing transfers. Um, we'll start with the, the elephant in the room. Uh, I'm sure he's got an essay written down. Raheem Sterling's finally left the club uh, and gone to Chelsea. So I'll ask his biggest fan what he thinks about this. James, are you going to miss Raheem? Who? <laughs> oh, no, man. no, 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 I'm joking. Boo. I'm joking. <laughs> um, it was the right time for him to go. Probably a season ago, he should have gone. Um, he, he seemed like a really good guy. Uh, proper professional, um, really impressive with what he's done outside of football. Um, I just I just couldn't take to him as a city player. And that's that doesn't mean he wasn't productive or I loved it when he scored a goal. You know, I just I just think about it. If you think back to Sane and Sane picks up the ball and starts running, you're out beating, you're off your seat, it's exciting. And there's just there's just something about Sterling that I just, I just didn't have faith in him. That him. Even though he had end products so much, it always felt like, oh, it went off his shin and in the net or off his arse or he scored the goal, like, you know, really not see come in. But the, the really obvious things, like, there was a game towards the end of last season where he got it just across the halfway line and he was pretty much just running, like, through a clean three. Didn't even get a part of because I knew he'd overthink it. And he got one-on-one with the keeper and he checked back and the keeper backed him off to the corner and the defenders got back and it didn't amount to a goal. And I'm just like, this this sums him up for me. To to bring up your point about Sane a little bit, could you not argue that the reason you were excited when Sane got the ball during that time was because you knew Reeves still was on the opposite post waiting for a tap in and winning the score? <laughs> Quite possibly. But it, it was just more about watching Sane play. In the way that you can watch De Bruyne and just be in awe of his passing, or the way David Silva kept hold of a ball, there's certain plays you just take. Like the way you guys hate Jacko, right? But Jacko was a good servant to this club and had a lot of output for this club. But you just don't like him. You just couldn't take to him. And this is the same for me with Sterling. He's not no, he's a bad player. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, Jesus! <laughs> Tying him with that brush, are you? All right. Well, Je- Jekyll Richard... didn't have any uh, have any input for City, so that's not uh, that's neither here um, nor there. For the Aguero goal, and this isn't a debate, mate. So you don't have to start yeah, bringing Leroy Sane into it to try and get me on side. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Richard, I think out of the three of us, you're most towards the middle about Sterling. Yeah, but I thought he was great. He was a, um, I would probably sum him up in that he's got like a tier two legacy at the club. Like you can probably put him alongside the likes of yeah, Yaya Torre and Joe Hart, in my opinion. You get, you get a picture thing you named after you. Yeah, you'd, well, I mean, he won't because no. of, uh, because of how he's left. Yeah, whereas Joe Hart was kind of forced out. Uh, Torre's contracts came to an end. I mean, whereas... He's left on better terms than Yaya did. Very easily. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I meant up to the fans. Yeah, and but the, he, he single-handedly the thing, at some point gave us some of the modern-day moments. Well, did Sterling not, though? 
No. I don't think James has been up unfair at all in what he's saying. He's just saying that he didn't take to him as a player the way that you'd take to some other players. I took to him as a player. I thought he was brilliant. Um, but I do get everything that you're saying about getting on the ball. His technical ability and his technique, I think, is what you're getting at there, Jim. Like how he's different to Sane and different to De Bruyne. Like he's not necessarily the most yeah. exciting. And, you know, we all, remember the, yeah. we all remember the shot um, wide against Leon in the Champions League. And I think for a lot of people that will sum up Sterling's career at City. But for me now, nah, what will sum it up is the titles that he won is his massive contributions in that Centurion season and the formidable seasons after. I mean, in the end, it was a, it was the right call because he wanted to go. Um, and he, yeah. he obviously wanted to go so badly that he's chosen a really shit club to to go to because I don't see how that's a good move for him. I don't see how it's a good move for Chelsea. I don't think that the fans are going to take to him. I mean, we all know how some of the fans feel about him. So that move in itself is pretty shit. But I mean, I suppose it's he's immediately their best forward. Just he's not a well. He's not a number nine. No, but and... he's still their best member of the forward line. Who's better than him at Chelsea? There's already yeah. one of him there. This is the German version of him there, isn't it? <laughs> It's. I, I don't. I find myself not disagreeing in that. It was a decent offer. It's probably the most we were going to get for him. Yeah. And he, he very clearly wanted to go. I'm fine with him going. I am a bit. I mean, he was never going to win. He, he was. Uh, in terms of, the, there's people calling him a mistake for going to Chelsea. There's people. No, that's not. Dumbing down his legacy, all this sort of stuff. That on Twitter again. And that, that's what I can't stand. Why can't he just be a player that played really well for us, mostly, half the time, maybe? And now he's moved on. And I think he can if you take social media out of it. Yeah, well, you've been to the ground. You've seen what it's like when he gets the fucking mm. ball. Or... That's true. wonder did the new scapegoat will be now. He's a fella who, who's been so unfairly maligned by the media since he was 18. And I think that bleeds into the public consciousness a lot and I think he yeah. had to I think he has to fight twice as hard as any other player to get to an even liked status yeah. among the public. I mean ultimately even City fans uh, they probably got some Daily Mail readers and some readers of the Sun who formulated their opinion on him based on how he left Liverpool and not how he played in a Manchester City shirt mm. and I think that's ultimately where a lot of the hatred towards him does actually lie I'd just like to see. He, he was a really good player for us, especially in the seasons that we all cherish as much as we do. Um, and for me, he's if he's worthy of... Like you say, he'll never be a, a statue player. He'll never be a, a, a... But I think up to current day, he's one of the best players we've ever had. Uh, you know what? Do you know what else I'd say about him? I'd, I'd say like someone like Sané never reached his ceiling with us. You know, he never achieved what, what, how good he could be with the skill they had. I think it's credit to Sterling the level he reached when you when you kind of look at his technical ability and look that, yeah, he's he, the goal up what that he had before coming to City was nowhere near what he did. He peaked, and I don't think many players can say they reached their maximum. And within that, became a title winner, became an England regular. You know, at points became captain, and. Has has had like say major parts in, in the title, so in the titles we've won. So fair play to him for 
developing himself think, amongst all of that. Like he's like I think we'll be some of the few. We'll still be some of the few that are sad to see him go, and it, it just it just makes me sad. Um, but uh, I, I don't disagree that it was right at this particular time. I, I want to see the, from the other side of it. Do you think he's a good signing for Chelsea? Do you think he'll do well? No, I think, he, I think he's a Tuchel sacking away from being back in the wilderness. And I think that Tuchel's probably going to struggle how best to utilise him on the left, on the right, um, with Havertz, Werner down the middle. Mounts, yeah. 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 Um, I don't, I don't know how it will work, but plus they we'll signed about eighteen players. God knows what their starting lineup's going to look like. God knows if they'll even gel together. Uh, it's it seems a bit of a mess at that club um, at the minute. I think that new American owner is just supermarket sweeping it. <laughs> just <laughs> sweeping every single player he can possibly get into the basket. Well, he uh, can keep anyway. his dirty hands off Nathan Ake. <laughs> the president of the Nathan Ake fan club talking there. Still got loads of transfer news because we could have been covering this week by week, but we're lazy as shit, so we didn't. Uh, we, we talked about Raheem. Uh, one that probably stings a little bit more now, at least it did for me, uh, Gabs has gone to Arsenal. Uh, what do we think about that? I mean, this was pretty much the uh, opposite of my feelings for Sterling. <laughs> I think we got a proper role reversal here, James. Yeah, I wasn't we, going we at all. all. We did last season, didn't we? It was always you defending Sterling, me defending Jesus. Mm. And and I, hope, I hope the Richard gets called out to be racist now from hating on Jesus. <laughs> he did compare so it to Eddie Jekyll. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, in stature, obviously. Well, they're, they're completely different sizes. <laughs> so I'm with you, James. Uh, I'll, I'll swap up the other side of the fence. I mean, not not that it wasn't again the right decision to maybe let him go, but it's sad to see him go. Yeah, it is. And I'll caveat this by saying I think he's he's made the perfect transfer for him. I think I think he's just at the right level at Arsenal. He's a, he's a big player for them. I hope that he's seeing that way and gets the minutes that way. Pre-season, he looks great. He even looks good in an Arsenal kit. Um, I, I think it's a really good thing for him. Um, in terms of what we leave from the squad, that's where I'm, I'm really gutted in terms of his character, his, his work rate. He shows up in the big games. Do you know what? His man. His man. Um, We're in all the Gabriel Jesus bingo uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Squares, yeah. Eyebrows um, will be less on fleek in that changing room. <laughs> cheap bones, all the cheap bones. Um, Eyebrows, <clears> don't <throat> forget them. Mm. I, do you know what? I think the difference between him and Sterling was, even though this is so stupid to say it's bad to leave it, I didn't expect Jesus to score the goals. I, I almost saw him as that almost hard working forward player that was there to harass and he was there for his work rate and that was his superpower. You know, De Bruyne's is his crossing, Sané's was his pace, Jesus's was his work rate. He's Sterling I was a bit unsure about maybe his movement, maybe. But, he was Paul Dickoff from a from a favela. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, really, that's what resonates with fans, isn't it? That's the Danny Seattle, that's the Dickoff, that's the Zabaleta, the you run your fucking balls off from the club and we love you. And that's that's what we're missing for me. 
Mm, I'd say the difference between him and Sterling was that, you know, Sterling's contribution towards City was was pretty significant. Um, I'm not surprised that he's gone. I think we got a decent return out of him for what we paid um, and his contribution to the titles. And let's face it, he did have a big contribution. He, He got the Centurions goal their game against Real Madrid away and at home um, a few seasons ago in the Champions League towards the latter end of this season when we got four goals in a game, was it? And, and Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Madrid well, you know, he, he had his time at City and I think it was a success. And I think this is the right time to move to Arsenal. I think it's a great club for him, like you said, James. I think it's a brilliant move all round. The money makes sense. It makes sense for him. It makes sense for City. He, he could be brilliant at Arsenal. He could go on to be like a proper legend at that club, but it doesn't mean that it was a mistake for City to sign him because I, he wasn't going to be that legend at City. He wasn't going to be that player of significance at City because if he was, he'd have done it already. I, it feels stupid to say this because when I say it, I also think the opposite. I, It just never feels like he got the full chance that he should have got, even though it kind of feels like he does. He did. Oh, dear. It just feels like every time he got in the game, the team for a couple of games, he got injured. Or he just never got into the team. And it felt like last season was the time where you could finally give him a good 15, 16 games up front and see what he could actually do. And Pep I, would I rather rely on a this, false but... nine system than, yeah. than do it. I mean, obviously, he sees it day in, day out. Maybe he sees that he's just not good enough. But it just always felt like he was constantly waiting for his chance to take over from Serge, and then he never actually got it. Do you know, I'll kind of elaborate on that bit. And even though we're on the same side here, Cam, I'm going to disagree slightly in that he got plenty of chances. I think the problem was Pep loves this hierarchy. So I think he got this, plenty this, of one-off chances. Yeah, so this, is, so this came out. So Pep loves his hierarchy in that if... Walker's face playing, if De Bruyne's face playing. And at one point Sterling was that way as well. And then there's, there's players in the table lot that it's like, it's okay to drop them, the more squad player it, and they're not going to make a couple of fuss. Your Zinchenko's of this world, your Jesus is of this world, your Nathan Ake's of this world. And because of that, they make it easy for Pep to leave them out. So Jesus started last season really well on the right wing, and we were all like, fucking hell. And the assist he's getting the work right in the right wing, it's like another Bernardo Silva. And then Maris comes back in. Maris is that bigger ego, that bigger stature, and he demands the playing time, and then Jesus gets put on the bench. That's it's almost like his demeanor and his ranking within the team meant that it's easier for Pep to do this, therefore Pep's gonna do it. And that's why he can't get a sustained chance. He got plenty of chances, it was just he couldn't cement it to be that number one. The way you've just argued it, I'd say he didn't get the chance because, like you say, all the players were always more important, even if they didn't necessarily deserve to be ahead of him. I think you can add as much context to it as you'd like, but ultimately he was at the football club for five to six years and he had plenty of opportunity to cement his place in the side. Did he still keep to his goal every two games, though, pretty much? He was stat-padding to a certain extent, though, weren't he? Maybe. I, I just think I would have liked for last year to have been his, his big chance, you know, especially, like you say, the way he started the season. 
I would have just liked for it to for him to be given a sustained big chance because I bet you'd struggle to find a run of more than four games where he started every game. Mm. I'd have had him as the right winger. Yeah. But he's gone now, so who cares? He's, <laughs> he's Arsenal podcast's problem now. So <laughs> Speaking of somebody I mean, else... Things, the way things are going, mate, this is going to become an Arsenal fan podcast. This, this is the one that caught me the deepest, man. I didn't think I was... I didn't think it would, but it got me real bad. And it's only been confirmed today by straight out of Pat's mouth. Alex Zinchenko has, has left the club. And it's it's really fucking got me, man. I don't like yeah. it uh, at all. Um, I, I love the guy. Um, he turns up in Champions League semi-finals all the fucking time. <laughs> um, he's... He's going to be so good in that Arsenal team. Maybe he even gets to play centre mid because they've got Kieran Tierney at left back. So maybe he finally gets to play in his position. Uh, I've, I love the guy and I, I, I'm i just really sad to see him go. And I think there was no reason for him to go unless he really just wanted more minutes. Yeah, I agree completely. Do you think that City's hierarchy have been so obsessed with trying to get like a Man City B team for so long that they're now just trying to make it Arsenal and sell all of our players to them? Well, we switched out because we used to buy all the Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess turnabout's fair play, yeah. It's like a symbiotic relationship, isn't it? I mean, uh, not just the emotional pull as Jinchenko, but he's such a versatile player as well. Like we yeah. could have maybe utilized him in other positions as well. Um, and it just didn't seem like a necessary signing. Like maybe he did want more game time, but um, for me, so a... what in that? Like he, he maybe he would have got more game time staying here a little bit longer. The professionalism as well of just, right, Alex, you're going to be playing left back for a couple of weeks. Actually, it's going to be a full year. Actually, it's going to be. The entire time that you're here, you'll be playing left back for him. There's, I can't say there's, there's people who don't like him. I'll never understand it. He's, he's class act. I saw a tweet today. I think it was from Stephen McInerney that was just. There's a difference between like a legend and a cult hero. Zinchenko for me is a cult hero. Like, I'll, I'll always remember him. Like, he'll be in the meme teams that we create 10 years from now. Yeah. Alex Zinchenko. Like, I, I love the guy and I'm so sad to see him go. It, do you know, when we won the league and they were all there celebrating on the pitch, it was him with the trophy and the flag and tearing up. That's what got me. It wasn't, even though I went berserk and we won it in that fashion, I, I wasn't crying or anything. But when, when I saw Zinchenko, that was the one that was getting me tearing up. And he does have that connection. He's... It is Zabaleta-esque again. I know I'm saying it again. Um, I, I, I'm sure I'd seen the reported by some of the, the reliable journalists that the reassurances he'd had this season were, if you call them reassurances, you will get some time at left back and they're not signing another winger and he'll get some minutes on the left wing as well, which for me has been... Like that makes complete sense. He practically plays there already whenever he's a left back. So I was kind of like, yeah, utility player again. But actually, if Pep's finally going to trust him further forward, this is the season. I was so excited by that. And then next thing I know, the Arsenal rumours pop back up and he's gone. Also, are Arsenal not kind of flooded for midfielders in that position? Like Emile Smith-Rowe, 
Uh, Martinez, Odegaard. Yeah, they, it just feels like they, they, they're quite well stocked in that well, position that you would expect Shinchenko to play. I think he's instantly, if not their best midfielder, is their second best midfielder. Behind you? Um, Odegaard. Saka. Yeah, I count Saka as a forward. I think Odegaard is their best. At least I'm talking creative. I'm not I'm not including like defensive midfielders. In terms could of creative not, presence on the pitch, I think he's Could you not see him do you know we have like our midfield two of Bernardo and uh, Rodri? Could you not see him and Thomas Party as like the midfield two, but Party's more defensive since Jenkins like a deep lying? I think Play you want to get him further forward. I forgot Partey was even there. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's another one. That's without Xhaka as well. Xhaka plays a lot for them. Mm. I think they've smashed it this window, Arsenal. I really think they've done so well. Uh, for not getting that Champions League spot, they've done they've done yeah. some pretty good strengthening. Whereas, who the fuck have United signed? Because yeah. Ericsson's think... still not there yet, right? No, no, no. he has been announced. Yeah, yeah he's uh, been announced. Yeah. Sure he yeah, has. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, Zinchenko is, is a great signing for them, and he's he's definitely a loss to us. And there was no reason to sell him other than he either he wanted to go, and we're really planning on replacing him. Well, Cam, uh, just think though, he he joins the great pantheon of um, City left backs like Danny Tiato, Nicholas Jensen, Jensen, to name a few. Like I say, in ten years, when you're arguing your teams, I mean Zinchenko's already in your meme team, so. <laughs> He already got, He's got some there, competition Ron. at left back. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'm sick of talking about it because it makes me sad. Uh, we've already talked about Stefan when we talked about Ortega. That's fine. I've, I've said my piece. Um, there is a one big possible transfer outwards, and it's the same as it was last year, to be honest. Every season, it seems like it now. Um, Barcelona want Bernardo. PSG want Bernardo. I don't blame every club in the world for wanting Bernardo. So, God, that if he leaves, that I can. That'd be the worst thing in the world for me. I couldn't take that. Um, do you guys think he might go, or do you think it's just stupid paper no. talk? They're not going to let him go. Uh, how many years he got in his deal? Three? Maybe I don't know. It's not bad. So let's let's presume he's got three. I think he goes next season and the next season because I don't, like that either. <laughs> I don't either. But I think they'll prepare for it. I think. They'll want some serious money for him and they're not going to let him run his contract down. And if he wants to go, he's not going to sign another contract, is he? So that's the trigger point of having to sell him. And like you say, Phillips might have been in really well. There's strong links with Bellingham in the future. The only balm for Bernardo going is Bellingham coming in. So if they want to do it, they can do it as long as they get him in. Well, if you think about it, if you get 100 for Bernardo... Oh, yeah, we'd, we'd be able to afford him. I've got no issue with that. Um, it's just whether we, we get him before, like, Liverpool swoop for him or mm. United, he said, not really believing it possible. <laughs> um, no chance, but, no chance. Yeah, it's, it comes up again and again. I don't it, Like you say, I think he won't go this season. I'm hoping he never goes. I, I want him David Silver in it up until he's, you know, 35. But There's no smoke without fire, I don't think. It either. happens every year, every single year he's uh, connected to somewhere else, so it's getting hard to believe that he's going to be here for the long haul. Yeah, I don't Richard? anticipate him being here for 
for many many years um but i do anticipate him being here for the next season so we've got that to look forward to and you know we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes we've uh, changed other players minds before we've got time Mm -hmm. uh the other possible uh leave uh guy leaving uh is uh we got the president of his fan club right here uh on the line today uh chelsea Determined to continue to spend money on players that they've shipped out at some point or another. Uh, apparently, looking into Nathan Ake. I can't say it'd be the the saddest thing in the world for him to go, but I don't want him to, especially seeing as he turned up a lot at the end of last season. Uh, and I think it might we're reaching that eighteen month period now where it might be Ake's time to shine this season. Uh, what do you think, Richard? It's another one that just doesn't make sense. Like Zinchenko, it doesn't make great sense from City's perspective. We're strengthening a rival in the Premier League and losing out on our end. We're not going to be able to sign a backup um, centre-back for the same value that Ake brings without spending significant money or taking a risk on a youth player and then them having to bed into City's team. So there's no angle on this that makes sense unless that is Ake is just desperate to leave. But then again, we only signed him a couple of years ago, so he's got plenty of time on his contract left. I just wouldn't do it. You know, and, and I think from all the reports as well, it's starting to die down a little bit now, isn't it? That they basically well, come out and said Bali, exactly Kunde coming in. How many centers? But what I will say is Ake didn't have as great an impact on the end of city season as people say that he did. I think there's a little bit of misremembering going on here because ultimately in the end it was rumored that Ake was half injured and that's why he wasn't playing the last few games of the season when he could have played. So he played Laporte instead. But then it came out at the end of the season that Laporte was actually playing through a pretty severe injury the entire time. So he, Pep lied on a severely injured Laporte and didn't actually play Ake for the last few games. I think one of the last games he played was was the Madrid game, right? The Atletico Madrid mm. game. No, because I, I, well, maybe, but I thought I sort of remember it as the Madrid game was where we were all starting to be like, oh, he's doing something. And then he played a few games after that where we were like, he's actually doing really well. The last run in the Premier League, he didn't feature for the last three or four games, surprisingly, when we needed another player to take those um, to take that spot. So that made me think that there's something that Pep sees in Ake that he doesn't like in his centre-backs and that maybe it was a mutual decision between him and the club. He wanted more game time. The club, Pep, didn't necessarily need him. But ultimately, I'd, as obviously the president of the fan club, I want him to stay. I don't want to have to become a Chelsea fan again. So, I think he's as good as you get for a fourth choice centre back, and I think in reality Pep probably gets that as well. That if 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 what you're saying, what you're theorising is true, Richard, that so so what? Like he's not gonna go and get the, that amazing ball playing centre back as happy being fourth choice behind. You know, like regardless, I think I think he's a really good fit for the mixture of the team and the downside to having players like this. And we're seeing it with Jesus and Chenko, etc. Stefan, even they have a short lifespan because they come in, they hope they can break through. They probably don't, and then they move on. So they, they come in to serve a purpose of that sort of almost second string. And 
maybe give Ake another year or so, 18 months, and he's probably getting to that point as well. Because he's not going to be a first-choice regular centre-back for City. And I think everyone knows that. Great squad player, though. He's yeah. good enough to get a decent resale value if we do have to sell him on as well. So Yeah, and he's, he's homegrown. And, and I think the Chelsea thing, like you say, Richard, it's, it's kind of died down now. And it seems like City have put something out to say he's staying now because they've kind of, Chelsea are fucking with our transfer plans. And he, like like we said about the, the Chelsea owner, he's just throwing bids out for fun, like playing football manager. And you bid on everyone and someone says, yeah, and then you can negotiate the contract. And you know what, Koundé, uh, Koulibaly, Kimpembe, Ake comes in, he's fourth choice again. So <laughs> why, why would he bother moving? He's also been involved in a lot of the pre-season media. Uh, yeah. okay, so, That's yeah. usually a good sign. We'll see if he's on the um, Man City calendar that they usually advertise around thingy. Then we'll know where, where his future really lies. <laughs> no, I don't know, because whenever you get the calendar, whoever's like at February goes. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we'll quickly smash out this last bit before we sort of talk about, because I am aware this is going on for some time. Um, we got some contract renewals. One of them is... Almost on a level with Haaland signing for me. Um, Rodri has, awesome. has committed his future. Arguably the best player last year, and it's it's only not because Kevin was absolutely insane. But our player of the year anyway tends to be there's Kevin and then there's <laughs> the player <laughs> of the year. So uh, I, I was so happy to see Rodri had signed. Because um, I really do think he was absolutely incredible last season. And anybody who compares him to Fabinho doesn't know anything about football. <laughs> Personally. Um, so I was happy to see that uh, with you guys. Of course, yeah. Massive player for us last season. And, and he's finally coming good, isn't he? He's only going to get out. And such an intelligent guy. Like on and off the pitch. And he's talking about captaincy this season. Yeah, I can see that. About, talking about see um, that. stepping up alongside Ruben Diaz, uh, who is probably going to be the new captain, I would have thought. Maybe Kev, but maybe then Ruben. Oh, yeah, Gundo's a shot. Um, we've also had Mares re-sign. Probably um, fair enough based I on mean, the he's, season. He he's has. married into the Manchester Mafia, hasn't he? So uh, he's definitely not going anywhere. After this episode. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw a I saw a thing the other day that he does really like City, doesn't he? Yeah. For me, like he likes Sterling with you, James. Where I just can't quite connect with him. Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe I've I've held the wrong opinion on this because he very clearly likes City and likes being at City. So I don't know if he has a, if he has a similar season to last season. I think it's a good. A good signing, but he is sort of getting on a bit in terms of like wingers. He know? better you know just what, not miss a penalty anytime soon. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. Do, do you know what? Like, he is getting on, but if you think about what makes him good, he's never been the fastest, has he? It's that technical ability that he will keep till the day he stops playing. So, and he's got theory, the best first touch on the planet. So, yeah, exactly my point. So, I know this is like a really weird comparison, but if you think of like back in the old days, like a Banabia or a Berkovich, like they had zero pace, 
that technical ability that kept them at the higher level and he's still useful and had a good outcome. Ali was still doing it at 34. So, yeah, he's a, he's a good sign and I'm glad we tied him down, especially if Sterling and Jesus are both gone. We couldn't then have Mm-hmm. is going at the end of this year or whatever so I think that's right and obviously the most important news Scott Carson's extended yes. by one year, so you seen his cowboy outfit yeah Jeez. I assume that's why he did it he turned up in that they were just like yeah, that's, that's it he's in, he's in net tonight wearing that <laughs> if you can wear a baseball cap mate you should be able to wear a yeah. cowboy hat <laughs> Right. Um, we finally got through all the transfers. You'll be happy to know after what is probably over an hour. Um, I thought. Yeah. Um, so we'll just try and quickly go through this. Where do you think we'll finish this season? First. First. Easily first? Or yeah. Close run? Or... Nah, easily first. Yeah, no uh, right. no title race again. <laughs> I'm finish going. By March. Yeah. I see, I don't know. I don't know. I don't agree with that. World Cup, yeah. Yeah, but our new striker doesn't have to go. Yeah, but neither does Salah or Diaz. Here's my big prediction. Points total, end of the season, 101. Oh. 101, baby. Oh. I'm not no, against it. I'll back you on it. He's got to go one of two ways. It's all down to Haaland, basically, isn't it? Haaland's either going to have a settled in season or he's going to bag 40 goals. And that will determine, this is like with Van Persie, Sam United, his form alone will decide this league this year, regardless yeah, of what Salah does. Yeah. It's a good job he's the Terminator then, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think lots of trophies? Are you feeling, feeling NFA Cup or Carabao? Just the Premier League for me. And that's the big one. I'd quite like to get to a Champions League final again. Um, so long as I don't have to staff it, um, that'd be great. <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to get far in the Champions League. It's not a must for me. I'm, I'm setting my stall out as Premier League champions again. That'll do. We we kind of got to get the Carabao Cup back though. Do you know? Do you know what? I think I think the cup competitions will go by the wayside this year. How much we love it. They, Smaller squad, right? The squad isn't deep enough, and then all the players that you'd go, oh, Lavia is going to get a game. Oh. Um, Bazunu, whatever, Liam Delap. They you know, they they're not here. And then are oh, they going? And then Palmer is part of the everyday squad now. So yeah. the team that you would see in the Carabao Cup would be your Alvarez, Palmer, McAtee, Phillips, Ake. Well, I want it to- back regardless. We've switched with Liverpool a little bit, haven't we? In that yeah. they were they were blowing the cups off at the first opportunity because they had such a small squad and they wanted to compete for the Premier League and Champions League. We won't do that. We'll we'll go for all of it still, but they've got the bigger squad depth now, and we're focusing mm-hmm. on a smaller squad. And so you'll probably see a bit of a role reversal there too. Maybe them picking up a few more domestic trophies. Yeah, oh, Newcastle and everything. <laughs> the signing uh, Jack Harrison, aren't we? I believe so. Yes, because we made some money out of it. <laughs> Five mil, if he goes. I mean, I don't think he's a bad player. Thanks, so, I don't know. Maybe Newcastle will do well. Right. Well, finally, after putting it off all this time, uh, so many signings are going to facilitate a change in the way we play. I think it has to. Uh, especially because a lot of players have gone as well. Um, how do you think 
will line up. And I've got a, a couple of very specific things myself, but I'm interested in hearing how you guys think it's going to impact the way we, we set up on a map. Do you want to hear my see- um, starting 11 for the, for the first game of the season? Oh, yeah. If on. they're all fit. Edison, Walker, Diaz, Laporte, Cancelo, Rodri, Bernardo, KDB, Mares, Foden, Haaland. So it's the exact same lineup, except <laughs> just Haaland in. And then as time goes on, we'll switch things up a little bit. So you don't think, you think we're just going to line up, except with that, except for a false nine, it's an actual nine. That's all that's going to change. I think as and then as time goes on, there'll be more crosses up to Haaland in there. Um, maybe we'll see a few of the better crosses actually out on the wing. Um, so you might see KDB on right wing a little bit more like we have done before. Maybe you'll see Bernardo switch over to the wing a little bit and we might go to a bit of a double pivot back in the centre of the pitch to shore us up a little bit more in defence. See Rodri and um, Phillips dueling it out there a little bit, a bit of Gundogan as well. So, you know, there's there's plenty of different options, different ways they can mix things up. I think it's that latter one, just that latter one that seems to make a lot of sense. I don't know if it will be Phillips and Rodri, but that 4 2 3 one. And it still won't be a 4 2 3 one. That'll just kind of be how Sky Sports and BT Sport put it out on paper or on screen. But we'll almost have more defined roles. So someone playing off Haaland. We mentioned the guys on each wing before. And then that's a, that sort of midfield three with one further forward and two sitting <clears throat> further back. You can almost see it like staggered. So rather than the two sitting back next to each other, you've got one very deep line, whether that is Rodri or Phillips, then one that's almost like a box-to-box, which would be your Bernardo or one of the aforementioned two, and then you've got KDB behind Haaland. Then you've got your Foden and Grealish one side, your Mahrez, your Palmer on the other side. It, it could throw an absolute curveball and go three at the back with wing-backs and go full pelt. But, as we've said, we don't have enough wing-backs to make that a regular thing. If we'd signed Kukurea and kept Zinchenko, I would have been all for that. But yeah. it's not happening, is it? I'm with you, James. I think the four-two-three one's the way to go with Rodri getting a bit further forward than maybe he used to. Um, but... Having wing backs with a three back is the best way to get these crosses out because we don't we've got inverted wingers anyway, which maybe we won't now. Sterling's gone. Maybe there won't be as many as much chance to do the inverted wingers. So having Cancelo and Walker being able to put crosses into Harlem might be the way to go, but like you say, the depth isn't quite there. We're missing the big sign here as well. Look. Cancelo's a new number seven. He's clearly going to be a winner. Come on. <laughs> Usually I hate this. Usually I hate when like a defender will take number seven or a striker will take number three. I don't hate this Cancelo seven thing. It's so And if you want to use Cancelo as a new right winger ahead of Walker, I, I could not be more for that. You know, like I'm all right with that entirely. Yeah, um, get Ake in at left back. Yeah. Works for me. I mean, well, num- we squad numbers went out the window, really, didn't it, when they gave Grealish 10? Have you seen they're not replacing shirts that have cancelled 27? Yeah. 
Just paint over the two, right? Uh, it's okay, a bit of a wave hill to die on for a club as rich as we are, I think. It's not run by City, is it? I know, but you think City could put a mandate down? Subsidise uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Save, saving, saving all that money for um, the new Kelly and Tabata, aren't they? <laughs> okay. So, any other business? Uh, that is all I had. No, if that's all good for me. Right. Well, it's been lovely doing a podcast three months uh, after the last one. We are going to try and make it slightly, <laughs> slightly less time. <laughs> Sound very uh, optimistic there, Cam. Well, I've lived. But it's been lovely, guys. uh, And uh, I will see you on the next one. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Sunji, bye. Sunji, bye.